You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Celebrity, where we're taking a look at who Jesus is today and how he gives us instant access to where we don't belong. What is the greatest thing that you have ever gone to? What is the greatest thing a ticket has ever given you access to? What's the greatest thing a ticket has ever given you access to? Courtroom, yeah, courtroom in West Plains. It's awesome. It's awesome. I was more meaning sporting event, concert type thing, but. Uh, what is the greatest thing a ticket has given you access to? Disney World, Rascal Flats. There you go. There you go. If you like country. Huh? Yes. <laughs> what? Concert. What concert? What concert? Let's be specific. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's true, Dave. Concerts this decade, Steve, not the 70s. All right. So, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I wasn't referring to Winter Jam. I figured you were going to start rattling off 70s concerts. So. Okay. Yeah. Two things for me, two th- <laughs> for Boston, right? Boston. Two things stand out for me, uh, and, 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 and these, these two stand out for me, but one is head and shoulders above uh, all, all, all the rest. In 1994, um, um, uh, a ticket got me into uh, watching the World Cup down in Dallas when the World Cup was here in the United States. Uh, Dallas was a venue, and uh, my parents and I went down to Dallas uh, to watch World Cup, Germany against South Korea. Uh, those of you that are familiar with the reference Revelation 7 and, and all the worship from all the, the, the nations and languages here on earth, actually going, up, going to a World Cup game is going to be just like that, except you know, worshiping God instead of you know, soccer. Uh, but but there, even though it was Germany against South Korea, every nation was represented at the this game and every nation was doing their own chant and being loud and doing drums and waving flags and it was just an amazing atmosphere in fact I've got a clip from that game to the near side Tomas Hassler Hassler looking for Klinsman ever aware of his presence Klinsman with it turns scores Not just when a goal was scored, but the entire game, people are waving flags, yelling, jumping up and down the entire game. And by the way, those of you that don't know soccer, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that for a goal. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann is now the U.S. national team coach, uh, the guy that scored that goal. Uh, And we're less than 30 days away from the 2014 World Cup. Be excited. June 16th. June 16th, U.S. kicks off. The second... The second most favorite uh, uh, thing that uh, a ticket has gotten me access to is the Olympics. I've been to the Summer Olympics in Athens, Greece, 2004. Um, But the World Cup, just by far, 
uh, outweighed even, uh, even the Olympics. I did get to watch Michael Phelps swim in some preliminary heats, and it was, it was hot. It was like 110 degrees. It was 10 a.m. in the morning, and it was, it was hot in Greece, Mediterranean rim. It's just crazy hot. But we as humans are trying to get access to places we don't belong. Tickets give us access to places we, we, we don't belong. I don't belong at the World Cup. I don't belong at the Olympics. But a ticket get, gave me access to where we don't belong. We don't belong at a concert. But a ticket gives us access to watch that band. We don't belong backstage at a concert. Ever, anybody ever have backstage passes to anything? Anybody? Justin? Justin? Dave? At some point? We don't belong back there, right? We don't belong back there. But, but that pass gets us backstage, and we're in this series called Celebrity, where we're taking a look at the greatest in our society, celebrities, movie star, stars, sports stars, uh, 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 music stars, rock stars, and, and, and taking a look at the fact that we try and gain access to the life. In fact, I got a picture. I took a picture from, from Target of the checkout stand at Target. Look at all those beautiful faces, right? They're, you know, Cosmo, blow up your sex mind. We are trying to get access into places we don't belong in celebrities, right? We got Lucky, Us, uh, Glamour, InStyle. Some of them are celebrities. Some of them are just beautiful faces. But all of them, we are trying to gain access into areas we don't belong. And we gain access so that areas of our life will get better. Whatever area you want. A celebrity can tell you how to make your life better. And the writer of Hebrews, we're taking a look at the New Testament book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews took celebrities of, our, or of their day, angels, Moses, Abraham, and showed how Jesus was greater than them. We're just taking celebrities of our day and showing how Jesus is greater than them. We are trying to get access into celebrities' lives and in places we don't belong. But Jesus gives us an access that is greater. We saw last week how, how he's great by empathy. He empathizes with us. And because of his empathy, we get into the throne room of God. But we as humans... We as people who, who, who've made mistakes and are unholy, there should, be, there should be some angst there of saying, oh man, I don't belong in the throne room of God. I don't belong there. I don't belong in the presence of God. And no matter, no matter what, what, what you think, your list of what sin is, it may not agree with mine. You know what, right now, I'm not here to argue. I think all of us would agree, and all of us probably would agree, if there is a God, He has to be holy. And I'm not. So that disqualifies me immediately from coming into His presence. But despite that, despite that, God showed His presence to His people no matter how much sin they had. In the Old Testament, there's a tabernacle. God told Moses to build a tabernacle. Basically, it's the best tent you've ever seen. You, you, you campers like, won't, won't hold a candle to the tents that you, you have. But in the middle of that was called the Holy of Holies. 
And that's where God's presence resided, literally. On the Ark of the Covenant, in between the two angels that was molded into the Ark of the Covenant. And then later, when Solomon built the temple, basically it was a permanent tabernacle. Holy of holies, and God resided there. His presence was among his people, despite the sin of the people. However, however, nobody could get access to that room. Except for one man, once a year. One man... Once a year, the high priest could get access into that room once a year. That's it. How did he do that? Took two animals. It's a Passover weekend. Took two animals, one for all the people and one for him. And they sacrificed, he sacrificed both animals. One representing the, 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 the sins of, of all the people went on this one animal. And his sins went on the other animal. And, and he slit their throat. And, and, and as the animal died, the symbol was that their sins were dying with the animal. The sacrifice was the ticket into the Holy of Holies. The sacrifice gave this one man once a year access to God's presence. He could actually go in. But the people, the people, they were still a little bit nervous about this. There's something inside of them that said, what if something doesn't go right here? What if Jim Bob didn't confess everything? What if, what if God didn't like the sacrifice? Sacrifice wasn't just quite right. What if the high priest went into the temple and on his way to the Holy of Holies, he stumped his toe on the menorah? I mean, people do that, right? And he takes God's name in vain and he walks in the Holy of Holies and God strikes him dead right there. So they tied a rope around him. So they could drag his dead carcass out of the temple if they needed to. Because nobody else could go in there. And nobody else was going to dare go in there. Sacrifice was the ticket, but they still, they still, there was something inside of them that said, you know what, this law thing, this being good thing, this, this, this still is short. It doesn't quite get there. But there's also another problem. Also another issue. The sacrifice that, they, that, that he just did, it was only good for that day. It was only good until they sinned again. It was just an animal. It, it wasn't good for all time. Just like the backstage pass or the tickets to the sports, uh, uh, sporting event that we, that we have, it's only good for that day. If we try to show up to the game tomorrow, they'd turn us away. That sacrifice was only good for that one day. And this left them with internal issues, an internal just going, there's supposed to be something better. And this was actually God's plan. He wanted it this way. He planned it this way. That's why he gave us the law to begin with. He, he wanted there to be two things going on inside of us. One is a broken heart. A contrite heart over the sin of, of saying, look, 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 look. I'm not good enough to live up to this. I'm not good enough to live up to God's standard. I'm broken. And I'm thankful that God gave me the out of giving a sacrifice. 
See, in the Old Testament, and then Jesus said the same thing to the religious leaders. Hey, look, fellas, God isn't interested in you just killing animals. He wants a broken heart, a contrite heart, a heart that says, I'm sorry, I can't live up to your standard, but I'm thankful and I'm grateful that you give me an out. But a second thing he also wants inside of the people of saying, look, there's got to be a better way. See, the writer of Hebrews calls the law a shadow of the realities. This whole sacrifice system that he gave in the Old Testament is just a shadow of the reality that's actually in heaven. And he wanted the people to go, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something better. There's got to be a better way. And so our life, we don't sacrifice animals, right? We're not, we're not coming up here and slitting the throats of goats, right? Not at least in here. Whatever you do in your own time, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens on Facebook stays on Facebook. But that doesn't mean that we don't try to earn our way into heaven. Being good, showing up to church. Or going the opposite direction. Any ism you want to talk about? Where we try and fill in a, a, a gap and, and, and hide? We're trying to make ourselves feel better. Is there a better way? What is the better access to God? We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to cover a lot of verses, but I'm only going to read a few of them. That's why your, the reading plans that's in your, your seats are so important because uh, we want to just simply give you a taste of God's Word so that you then go back home and, 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 and reading the Bible is like shifting through uh, mud to find the nuggets, to find the gold nuggets of, 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 of sifting through the stuff that we don't understand so that we can find the nuggets of, of, of what we do get and find the golden nuggets of seeing what God has to say to us. And I do a blog in order to, 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 to supplement and, and help you see what, what God is saying. You can find that on our homepage and subscribe to that on, on, on our homepage. We're going to throw the verses up on the screen. You can follow along in the Bible app as well. We highly encourage that. We put all the verses in there uh, all lined out. And you can take notes in there. But Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. What the writer is doing is right before this, he was talking about the promise and the oath that God made to Abraham, that your descendants are going to be uh, so immeasurable that it's going to be greater. It's going to be like the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. But your descendants are going to bless all nations. And what the writer is saying is saying that, hey, look, if there is a God, he cannot break a promise. He can't break a promise. Otherwise, he would be just like us. And if there is a God, he can't lie. He can't break an oath. He's not going to be just like us, you know, crossing our fingers and crossing our arms and crossing our legs and crossing our toes and crossing our eyes just to get out of a, a, an oath. Either one of these by themselves 
show that we can trust God. But when you lay these two on top of each other, that he can't break a promise and he can't break an oath, man, that's double. That's double that we can trust what God is saying. And this promise and this oath ties directly into us. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have a great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Let's take a, talk about refuge and hope for just a moment. Refuge, this idea that, 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 that we run to God in the storm, in the times of life that is just going out of control, either because we've we've done it to ourselves or because somebody else has done it to us or because life happens and sickness happens and death happens and disasters happen. We run to God and he gives us refuge. He gives us shelter. He gives us healing. He gives us safety. No matter what's going on, God wants you to know that in Him, there's safety. There's healing. There's hope. See, biblical hope is different than the hope that we use. <laughs> hope, for us, is I hope to go back to the World Cup someday. It's a desire. Maybe even a bucket list. But that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is a certainty of a better future that if i trust in god if i hear and follow god because he cannot break an oath and because he cannot break a promise certain i am certain that i will have a better future than my past and my present and so let's talk about what things we do to ourselves sexual sin when we've broken down our life because of sexual sin, God is a refuge. And that even though it's difficult, even though hearing and following God in the sexual aspects of our life is difficult, that when we hear and follow Him, there's a certainty of a better future than there is of a past and a present. Financial. If we've brought storms upon ourselves because of debt and not following God in our, in our finances, not giving, not being generous, not taking care of our own family, if, we're, if, we've, seen, if we've seen difficulty and storms come because of our poor financing, God's still a refuge. And if we hear and follow him, we can be certain of a better future. What about relationships? Broken relationships because of gossip? Backbiting, cheating, lying? Certainty of a better future says that relationships can be mended and new relationships can be better because we're hearing and following him and not tearing people down. Marriage? Struggling? Here and follow relationship says that the certainty of a better future 
if we just hear and follow him, that we sacrifice for each other instead of trying to get my own way. It won't be overnight. It won't be easy. But it is simple. Simple and easy aren't the same thing. Quite often, the simplest thing to do is the most difficult. But when other people do stuff to us, when we hear and follow God in the middle of the storm, when we hear and follow God, forgiveness is possible. Healing is possible. And not only that, but whatever they do to us can be used by God to heal others as well. No matter what it is and how heinous it was, how unjust it was, God still can and still wants to use that to bring refuge to others. Abuse, no matter what kind. Lying. Cheating, stealing. It's been done to you. God wants to take that and use it to bring refuge to others who are going through the same thing. But also, those things in life, the cancers, the death, the disasters. In the middle of the storm, we can come and find refuge. Why? Because he says he's the resurrection and the life. Even though you might die, you'll still live if you believe in me. Lazarus, right? Jesus proving that Lazarus wasn't dead, he was living. And we can trust that even death is an upgrade. Cancer, disease, destruction, disaster may ravage this body. But death is an upgrade. It's that ticket in the back balcony being upgraded to backstage pass. Why is that important? This hope, this certainty of a better future is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Take that storm imagery and a boat in the middle of the storm and the anchor deep into the sea. So that boat, even though it's tossed, it's not going anywhere. It leads us through this hope, this certainty of a better future leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. See, we go into God's inner sanctuary because God, we believe, we know, we have confidence in that when we walk into that throne room, that our future will be better than our past and our present. And Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. There's that Melchizedek dude again. The writer goes into the very next verse describing more about Melchizedek. I'll leave that up to you to read more about Melchizedek. I'll say a little bit throughout the sermon. But here's the deal. Here's the greater access. Greater access than anything. That Jesus has already gone into the Holy of Holies, into that inner sanctuary on our behalf. 
This is why when he died, Matthew recorded, Matthew told us that when Jesus died, when he breathed his last, the, 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 the curtain tore from top to bottom all the way, proving a couple of things. One, everybody has access through Jesus into the Holy of Holies. Two, everybody has access through Jesus permanently into the Holy of Holies or continuously through the Holy of Holies. You can always go there. Jesus has access. Now imagine this, imagine this, imagine this. You have the threshold of the Holy of Holies walk, waiting to walk into the throne room of God. Jesus is sitting there right next to the Father. The Father looks at you. Because why should I let you in? Jesus leans over to the Father and goes, He's with me. She's with me. They're with me. See, that's what it takes for access, right? Think about the movie. Think about the, 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 the TV show and the nightclub and the rock and nightclub. Boom, chicken, boom, chicken, boom, chicken, boom. You know, and everybody's lined out outside because that's the place to be. Or, 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 or the back alley nightclub, right? The swanky place that it takes that, that, that little eye, eye thing, that, right? And you, all you see is the eyes. What does it take to get access? Hey, 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 hey. They're with me. They're with me. The same way into the throne room of heaven. Jesus is sitting next to his father going, hey, they're with me. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine this. You're seeing this all trans transposed. You see Jesus lean in and whisper something to the Father. And Father just gets a big old huge smile on his face and says, My child, come give your Abba, Father, a hug. What Jesus does. It's greater access than us trying to be good, right? It's a greater access than, than us going to any ism we want to. It's a greater access. That's not all. Hebrews 7, Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the uh, or chapter 7, verse 16. Not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi. All priests had to be born into the tribe of Levi, one of the, one of the tribes of, of, of the nation of Judah. Um, <clears throat> but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. See, Jesus was born into the tribe of Judah, not the priestly tribe. But he has become a priest because he has an indestructible life. Okay, when you die... And then three days later, you raise yourself from the grave. That, my friends, is an indestructible life. By definition, that's indestructible. The, 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 the disciples actually saw this. We're talking about this in our Holy Spirit series that, during the summer, summer, but I think it fits here. The disciples saw this, but at first, they still didn't quite get it. Because Jesus rose from the grave, and the disciples were like, hey, 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 I get it now. I understand why you didn't kick Roman booty when you were living. Because you were waiting to resurrect from the grave, and now you're indestructible. Nobody can kill you. Now you can set your kingdom up on earth. I'm sure Jesus just looked at them going, 
I can't wait for the Holy Spirit to come on your life. Because they did get it. Once the Holy Spirit came, they did get it, that it was a completely different kingdom. And they did get it because what did they preach? The dude rose from the grave. You got to deal with that. When some dude raises himself three days later, you got to answer that. Why? That indestructible life. And the psalmist pointed out when he prophesied, you are priests forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek didn't have a birthday. Melchizedek didn't have a death date. What the writer is doing is saying, hey, look, that Melchizedek dude, he was Jesus. A fleshed out Old Testament version of Jesus. And Abraham said, Melchizedek is greater than me by tithing to him. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect. The law was never intended to make us perfect. Morality was never intended to make us perfect. Look, if we only hear and follow the right wing, that'll lead us to hell. We have to hear and follow Jesus. Not some morality book. Not some political manifesto. Jesus. The law never did anything for us. Being moral never did anything for us. Just lead us to hell. But now we have confidence in a better hope, in a better certainty of, the, uh, of a better future through which we draw near to God. Jesus has an indestructible life, which means this. When we come to the threshold, the throne room of God, there is never, ever, ever a time that we hear this. Jesus is not available right now. Please leave a message at the tone and he will get back to you. Beep. Never. He's always there waiting to intercede for you to the Father. He's never gone to the bathroom. He's never taken a nap. He's never dead because he has an indestructible life. Jesus is the priest who always has access to God. Do you notice how that put it? Draw near to God. Despite what we've done, despite what we've been through, despite how broken we are. In fact, the more broken we are, the more chance we have at coming into His presence because we realize we need it. Jesus draws us near to God, period. doesn't matter. Where we've been, what we did last night, what we did this morning, what we're doing right now. He gives us access. Always. 7.23, there are many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in office. This made Jesus greater because, because all, the, all the priests died. He didn't. 
But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who, become, who come to God through him. Look, look, salvation is the salvation from death that sin causes. When our sins are forgiven, we don't face death anymore, so we are saved. This is what this is all talking about. He is just simply going over everything he's already said. He lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf, intercede of, of the go-between. He, he, he sees us and, and, and then tells God, hey, look, he's with me. What makes him greater? What else makes him greater? He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy, completely set apart. He is unique and blameless. People tried to blame him, but they were false accusations. Nobody could ever put blame on him and unstained by sin. He never sinned. He has been set apart from sinners. Look, 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 look. He was unique from sinners, but he was right in the middle of them. This means that being in the middle of sinners doesn't cause us to sin. We can go right into the middle of them in order to show them this Jesus and show them this refuge and show them this hope. Because we were and we are and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. What makes Jesus greater and what makes Jesus' access greater is that his sacrifice was once and for all, all people and for all time. Remember, we said their sacrifice was only good until they sinned again. Jesus' sacrifice is good, period. You're waiting for me to say until, right? Good, period. End of sin. Just good. We've played this game before. Youth camp? Youth retreat anyway? God, I'll never do that again. I know God, I know God, I said that before. 343 times before. I'll never do that again. I think God's probably like, just stop saying that. Stop saying that. Why? My sacrifice is good forever. Forever. See, we're people that want to beat ourselves up. But our sacrifice does nothing to save us. I want this to soak in and send our heart into some place amazing. And no matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've done it, when we come to the throne room of God, He will never, ever, 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 ever say, well, the last one was the last one. writer of Hebrews does deal with 
if we walk into sin, saying, oh, God will forgive me on the other side, that is trampling on the cross of Jesus, and that's serious. Forgivable, yes. Serious, yes. But, even at that, on the other side of sin, there's always access to the throne room. Because God forgives past, present, and future. Always. There's never a time that's too many times come into his throne so we don't have to hide we don't have to play religious games and, 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 and doll ourselves up make ourselves look good because there's never a time that God will say forget it last time was the last time ever And the side of us, the part of us in our heart that wants to do something for our salvation, that rubs against, right? I think there's probably a little bit of angst in your heart going, no, 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 God wants me to say, you know, I'll never do that again. He wants, no. He wants you to say, I blew it. I don't want to do it again. Will you forgive me and give me the strength to keep going? See, when we come to that threshold, Jesus' blood is on the threshold, just like he told them in the very first Passover. Jesus' blood is on the, 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 the threshold. And imagine the threshold like a car wash. As you pass through, sins that you had, are gone. We're gone. But don't die. Nope. You're a crummy savior. I'm a crummy savior. I can do nothing to make my sins go away. In fact, if I try, I just kind of pile on top of it. When we walk through the threshold of God's throne room, the sin goes away. Period. And that, my friends, is better access. Now maybe some of you are like, hey, I caught something here. I caught <clears throat> that you are saying Jesus is the only way to find God. I don't know about that. Look, it doesn't feel nice, right? It doesn't feel nice. Let me throw something, a question to you. If that's, if that's what you're dealing with, if that's what you're wrestling with, we, we want you to be honest and, and have that question. Let me simply throw a, a question to you. Who else did this for you? Who else gives you this kind of access to God? 
who else and what other system gives you this kind of access? Because every other system and every other person, whether religious leader or you, says, let me do this, this, and this, and maybe then I can come to God. But God says, I've done this, this, and this so that you can get access to me. Who else did this for you? Who else? For those of us that this issue has been settled a long time ago, this is an apologetic. This is something we can take with us. But apologetics a lot recently, especially, is, is like taking, apologetics is the shotgun that we use to blow other people's heads off with. Ka-poosh, ka-poosh, with the truth. Let me go out on a limb and say, Jesus never wanted us to blow people's heads off with the truth, okay? Theology is only as good as we live this out. So the best apologetic for this is a life lived in the middle of God's throne room, in the middle of the promise and the oath, in the middle of the confidence and the hope, in the middle of of, of the anchor deep into the sea of God. A life lived like that is the best apologetic ever because you can simply say, hey, look, I know this is true because I was with God this morning. I got access to God right now. And it can give you a hope that your future can be better than your past, your present. And whatever you're giving yourself into right now won't do it. So as we have this time of reflection, what other God gives you this kind of access? What other God gives you this kind of access? Shelly will be back there. Myself will be back there. If you want to talk through this and pray through this, we want to deal with your real questions, that this is a safe place to deal with questions. And for those of you that this issue has been settled, I simply want you to come to the edge of the throne room of God and envision him inviting you in to be a part of his throne room, to give you access to him. And you worship him. Who else gives you this kind of access? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. I pray, Lord, that you will um, do amazing things in people's lives. Words have been said, your spirit can only convince people. I pray, Lord, that you will move in people's hearts and lives, that you will convince them that our future is only better with you and that that our anchor has to be put down into the depths of your sea. Thank you for this chance and this opportunity. I just pray, Lord, that we can see you as the God who gives us access despite everything we've done. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. What other God has given you this kind of access? Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. You can find us on the web at cpf.me.